Good afternoon. It's 12 o'clock and welcome to the Money Web at Midday Show. My name is Raik van Ikerk. And this show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. It has been a relatively cautious day on the markets all around the world. It seems as if the meeting between U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korean President Kim Jong-un is not affecting the markets in a significant way. Um, locally, there is little corporate news out. Bats issued a statement, um, a trading statement whilst property company Storage and Schroeder reported financial results. And I'll speak to Evan Robbins, a portfolio manager at Old Mutual, um, about the storage results, as well as to Paul Fouchier of Unum Capital about the markets. But first, let's look at the major indicators. Uh, the JSC kicked off uh, in positive territory. Currently, it's down 0.05%. Resources down around half a percent. Industrials and financials are basically flat. International markets, um, the FTSE 100 is currently down uh, a quarter of a percent. The DAX is up 0.1%. The CAC 40 also is down 0.14%. Earlier in uh, Southeast Asia, the Nikkei gained a third of a percent. The Shanghai nearly 0.9% and the Hang Seng 0.13%. A good performance or a positive performance there. Let's look at the currency market. Rand is currently trading at uh, 13 Rand and 16 cents against the US dollar, 17 Rand and 66 cents against the pound and 15.54 against the euro. Bitcoin is slightly down at $6,852 or 94,498 rand. Gold is trading at $1,298. Brent crude a slightly higher, $76.66. Platinum is $905.50. The, on the capital market, the R186 is currently trading at 9.07%. Uh, a bit of a, uh, a spike there, um, but I'll speak to, uh, we'll speak to uh, Paul Fischer about that in a, in a second. Let's look at some major movers on the JSC. Ittle Tiles run is continuing. Up 5% today. Goldfields up 2.5%. Implants uh, 2%. RCL and Sassel uh, around 1.5%. On the downside, PSG Consult is down 2.7%. Sabanya Gold down 2.4%. ARM and Kumba Iron Ore down around 1.6%. On the line now is Paul Fouchier. He's a portfolio manager at Unum Capital. Paul, welcome to the show. Uh, It doesn't seem as if uh, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un's meeting really... uh, you know, did something to the markets a few months ago. They were rattling their sabers, and now they seem to be best buddies ever. All right, yeah. Thanks for having me. I think um, obviously a lot of rhetoric been uh, said in the past. Um, you know, it, it seems like Trump sort of uh, that's the card he plays. A lot of uh, dog uh, bark worse than his bite, and when he gets to an actual meeting, uh, things tend to be a little bit more um, uh, sort of uh, sensitive. Um, so I think probably a good thing. Look, I don't think the markets are going to react too much to this either way. Um, you know, from a personal point of view and a human point of view, I think it was probably it's, it's probably a good step in the right direction, and it's quite an historical moment. But from a market, you know, from a market's point of view, it's hard to price something like this in. What do you, so what do you really price in? Price, uh, you know, a nuclear war not happening, which is kind <laughs> of uh, sort of part of the baseline anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. so. Um, 
So hard to price it, and I don't think you're going to see much reaction from the markets, but definitely an interesting uh, development historically in terms of a, from a human point of view, definitely. Yeah, I still needs to fly back and tweet, and let's wait for that. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, on the JSE, uh, relatively flat performance today. Um, we did see some positive, uh, or a positive performance earlier on, but we've turned down now. Uh, wh- what do you think uh, are the major factors um, that will influence the markets today? Yeah, I don't think too much happening out there. Look, obviously the rands weakened quite substantially over the last few weeks, and that was you know a combination of two things. Probably one quarter one uh, GDP numbers coming out very disappointing, and then number two, just a sort of outflow on emerging markets. There's a lot of concern still, just in general in emerging markets, and a strong dollar is never good for emerging markets either because it weakens uh, commodity prices. So. You'll probably see, you know, you've seen a lot of the rand hedges sort of recovering over the last few few days, and, and a lot of the local SA Inc shares uh, kind of uh, re- retracing some of their gains. You know, financials are down about 10% since their highs in January, and you're looking, and, and retailers have fallen quite a bit too, about 17% since their highs. So I, th- I think you're seeing, you know, as usual, there's there's two parts of the market. There's a rand hedge component, and then a local. It's an component, and sort of uh, both Rand Hedge sort of uh, unwinding some of its uh, losses of late, and, and then the local kind of, kind of giving back some of its its gains of late. Okay. Uh, driving the markets going forward, uh, you know, there seems to be a lot of uh, sort of uh, just despondency in the markets at the moment. Not much happening. Uh, not too much volatility out there at the moment. Um, so I think going forward, you'll probably see the markets kind of you know sort of steadily slowly rise up, but nothing really to write home about here. Huh? Yeah, we've had several uh, descriptions of the markets uh, in recent times, yucky, nervous, um, and, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, sideways volatility will persist. Um, But indeed, uh, I don't think there's anything driving it. I think external factors can impact it quite quickly. And the U.S. interest rate decision on Thursday, um, although, you know, many believe the, uh, the impact may have been priced in already, you know, there is still some anticipation. Um, the R186 weakened a bit, uh, 9.08%, um, but obviously that's a function of the RAND. Uh, wh- where do you think the capital markets are going? Yeah, I think definitely a function of the RAND. Um, obviously, you know, I think I think that those quarter one numbers that were posted out uh, are very disappointing, and that caused a sell-off in our bonds. Uh, I think you'll probably see that persist for a while until we see some improvement there. I think you're also just going to get a general sort of uh, potentially not not necessarily outflows, but not not strong inflows in particular. If, like you say, the FOMC meeting tomorrow, it's, it, it looks like they're going to raise rates uh, 25 basis points over there. And, and you know, you'll see as as you know, as in particular, the USA starts raising rates, you're going to see that sort of carry trade uh, diminishing, and you, you probably might see you know less less appetite for emerging markets and. And a lot of that money does tend to go into our bond market. We are one of the most liquid emerging market bond markets in the world. So, you know, American and European investors do like to invest in our bonds. Uh, we have a very strong bond market. Uh, so, so in terms of getting emerging market exposure, uh, we're quite well liked. But if you see that changing and you see money flowing out uh, out of emerging markets, that will definitely affect us. And I think you've, you've already sort of seen that. I think that, you know, you had a kick up in, or a kick up in bond prices and a drop in bond yields quite quickly uh, on rubber. On, on, uh, pauses election results but um, going forward yes I think I think you'll probably see that unwind a bit so definitely a sell-off in, in the short term um, going forward probably yeah probably you'll see a little bit of a recovery but the thing to watch uh, another thing to watch very importantly is CPI so US CPI is coming out later today in a few hours uh, it's important to see what happens there because obviously that's going to dict uh, sort of the medium term uh, FOMC decisions going forward or, or how quickly are they going to raise rates and that's really going to impact bond yields here. 
Yeah. Um, BATS issued a trading statement. Um, it's not really detailed, but it, uh, you know, it's a predictable company um, and it expects to do well in the second quarter, although it refers to some, in quotation marks, significant events that could make the comparison between the first and second halves, uh, you know, not as um, accurate. But uh, there seems to be renewed interest. The share has come down around 25% since the beginning of the year. What are your uh, impressions on, on BATS? Yeah, I think it's starting to look more attractive with the, with the price dropping a little bit. Uh, look, you know, a company the size, it is in a, in a, in a sort of, the industry it's in is shrinking globally. Um, there's still a lot of growth, uh, a fair amount of growth in Asia, but over the rest of the world it's quite shrinking. What they are able to do is they are able to grow market share and they release that in their statement. So it looks like they're increasing market share percentage in terms of their big global brands. So that will probably be a, a nice tailwind for them in the next few years. Um, but long term, I'm just not excited about the sector. It seems to be a sector that is shrinking over time. Um, you know, you get the general population becoming more health conscious, less people smoking, especially in the Western world. Mm. Um, and that is a concern, obviously, in the long term. I think in the short term, you know, the price has come off quite quite substantially, and it looks like the trading up there seems seem fairly positive. Um, so in the short term, probably you can make some money off it, but as a long-term investment, I just don't think it's in the right industry. You know, it's also never going to shoot the lights out. It's such a, a massive company in a very mature in a, in a very mature market you know even the market share that it's going to gain is going to be very subdued yeah. and, that, and that's uh, at the expense of a lot of uh sort of uh, innovation that you know new new products that they have to bring online etc so so not something i'm too excited about in the long term but in the short term yes it is looking a lot more attractive seeing the, 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 because of the price drop just lastly uh, i see group five getting hammered again today nearly 10 percent down um although the other construction counters are are relatively flat or slightly higher uh, but there is still some a lot of headwinds facing the construction industry there is definitely you know um i foresee you know especially if you see in the last few weeks the, the announcement between avenge and marion roberts i think the, the industry is ripe for consolidation i don't think a lot of these companies will be able to survive on their own they're facing massive liquidity issues um so yeah it's just another you can see it with group five's results you know i think i think so you know definitely the industry is going to i think they're going to be one or two winners out of it if, if companies can maybe consolidate and going forward if we do start to see gdp improvements in on the local in south africa hopefully you'll start to see some of these guys uh, start to perform again um, but at the moment yeah it's not looking good for these construction stocks um, i quite like the fact that there are talks of mergers between some of the companies um, it does just consolidate the the sector a bit which i think i think it needs but if you look you know over the last few years the capacity in construction let's say the supply side of construction has come off quite significantly so hopefully when you do see the demand coming back in if we do see GDP growth coming back into South Africa, when we get to a 3 or 4% GDP growth number, hopefully you'll start to see the surviving companies at least uh, start to, to recover a little bit. But but I think the major concern at the moment is liquidity issues, you know, how are these companies going to finance losses going forward? And is anyone, are they going to be able to raise new capital? Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul. That was Paul Fushir. He is a portfolio manager at Unum Capital. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new president Cyril Ramaphosa? Can SA make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes and low economic growth? Attend the Brenthurst Wealth SA Quo Vadis seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts. Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst, Ralph Mateja, 
political analyst, Magda Wierzycka of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum, and Jean-Pierre Fastard of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.co.za. Search for Brenthurst. We now look at some corporate news. Storage, uh, the, the group Storage reported results for the year to the end of March. The total dividend up uh, 11% to 97.8 cents a share. Rental income and property operating income increased by 10.6 and 11.8% respectively. The uh, investment property portfolio is now valued at nearly 4 billion rand, um, up nearly 90% in the period. And this follows several acquisitions of uh, self-storage units in South Africa and the UK. The group has a conservative gearing of 16% um, and uh, is also planning to further um, you know, expand the property portfolio through acquisitions. And I'm now speaking to Evan Robbins. He's a portfolio manager at Old Mutual. Evan, welcome to the show. These seems to be solid results um, and the share price also responded and is slightly higher currently. Yes, it are very solid results, especially in this environment. Um, the company is continuing, it's a new company, it's a young company, it's continuing its track record of delivering. Yeah, it plays in a very interesting niche, um, the self-storage market. Um, it is a very popular you know, sector in the U.S. property market. Um, but how does the, the performance of storage compare to the results of other more commercial and retail-focused pro- property companies? This performance is far better than the other sectors in SA at the moment. I mean, office market's under pressure, retail sales and retailers under pressure, so this niche is working. But it's a new niche. Um, it is great to supply into the niche, so it's a sweet spot for the niche at the moment, and it's still got to mature, so it doesn't have some of the headwinds that the, the other sectors have. Also, an advantage of storage initially is it takes a while to let up a building. It's not like a shopping center you can open a full and office park once you've got your tenants, you've got your tenants. So typically your openness still shows facility and it'll take a few years before it's fully let. But mm-hmm. it, and that's that's the whole financial mechanics of it because it takes a while before you actually cover your costs because it takes a while till all the units are let. But as it lets up, your rental income is increasing quite nicely. So you have that advantage until your assets are mature and then you're not going to have that extra income from the letting it up. Yeah. The gearing is at 16%. Does that not suggest a bit of a lazy balance sheet? No. I mean, they have, I mean, they mentioned acquisitions. I think it's quite smart keeping your gearing low. You can got capacity to make your acquisitions with debt if you want to and then raise capital later. Generally, you know, in property, you can be lazy, you can say, and increase your gearing and try and get your growth through gearing. Mm. But you are taking an extra risk. Um, we prefer companies which actually have organic growth and actually aren't reliant on the balance sheet gearing for that growth, and they can use that balance sheet more opportunistically. Mm. And storage is a history of doing that. Generally, the gearing has been low. They borrow, then they um, bring it down, and I think that's much healthier. Yeah. Just lastly, uh, Stenprop also reported results recently, and they also play in a niche market in the UK uh, um, market. Um, they are looking at the uh, multi-let um, sector, um, and uh, storage is also now expanding into the US market, actually, uh, UK market rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think are the, the prospects of the UK market, and especially for, for this, this, these type of niche sectors? Look, the UK market is a tough market with the UK at the moment and the risk around sterling as well. Um, 
So it's not a choice market, though. South Africans have got quite a lot of market exposure that we can have to the UK market, and many of those counters are excessively cheap. Um, having said that, if you just look at the performance of that UK operation, they increased their sort of like-on-like rentals by about six percent in pounds. So that's a solid performance. Mm-hmm. But that uh, you know, I think that is a high-risk market at the moment. But it'll also, when things turn, is an opportunity. Yeah. Thank you, Evan. That was Evan Robbins. He's a portfolio manager at Old Mutual. And unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. And the show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. And uh, that's it for of this edition of the Money Web at Mirror Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you.